The views and opinions expressed on the advice line are not necessarily those of the station, the sponsor, or your host. Advice is provided for informational purposes only. Advice line appearances are paid for by the participant. And good evening, I'm Bob Lewis. We're continuing our series now with the experts from Summa Health about the, the offices and the and the expertise being offered by Summa Health for our community today. Our, we're going to talk about, about uh, Summa Health and the things they offer through their wide range of mental health services. Uh, joining us today is Dr. John Casper. He's the Vice Chair of Psychiatry and Director of Outpatient Psychiatry at the Summa Health Behavioral Health Institute. Dr. Casper specializes in outpatient psychiatry programs for behavioral health, uh, mental health. Dr. Casper, could you, uh, first of all, thank you for joining us on this uh, beautiful Sunday evening. Yes, you're welcome, uh, and uh, nice to be here. So, so take us through the different levels of mental health care available at SUMA, uh, starting with this inpatient psychiatric care. Tell us what it involves and what level of the care might be needed. Our inpatient psychiatric uh, care represents the most intensive uh, care that we provide. Uh, usually, one of the major considerations for patients who are referred for inpatient psychiatric care is safety. Uh, at times, our patients uh, will have symptoms to the point that uh, they're a risk uh, to themselves, possibly a risk to others or are unable to care for themselves outside of a, a supervised uh, environment with a lot of support and structure. And so we offer uh, inpatient care for, for those patients in those situations. Uh, generally, those, those uh, admissions, those stays in the hospital are brief, and that's because we offer uh, a wide array of other services that are available uh, that are uh, less intensive uh, and uh, will, you know, continue to allow uh, the patient to recover and then return back to family and uh, friends and, and work. Tell us exactly who should seek out inpatient psychiatric care. What, how do you describe that patient? So these are patients usually who have a uh, psychiatric uh, condition that uh, oftentimes requires uh, medication, and we have uh, specialized medications in psychiatry to treat uh, a wide array of psychiatric diagnoses, uh, including uh, schizophrenia, uh, depression, uh, bipolar disorder, uh, and significant anxiety disorders, panic disorder. Uh, in, the, in the inpatient setting, we can make changes in medication rather quickly uh, because we're having the assistance of our great nursing staff who can monitor both for uh, improvement but also can be aware of any uh, difficulties patients may be experiencing with their medications so that we can address those as quickly as possible. Um, this is also a, a place where uh, patients who have uh, co-occurring medical concerns can also be uh, treated and followed by the many consultants that we have available uh, across the many different specialties, uh, including uh, internal medicine, uh, family medicine, uh, OBGYN, uh, surgery. Um, you know, now that uh, we are 
uh, actually on the campus of Akron City Hospital. Uh, we have the opportunity to have uh, a more comprehensive care for uh, for our patients while they're admitted to uh, any of our four psychiatry units. Now, what are some of the goals of inpatient psychiatric care? So the main goal is to address those safety concerns uh, and to provide that support and uh, supervision uh, while patients may be experiencing, for example, uh, an increase in uh, thoughts of self-harm, suicidal thoughts. Uh, with treatment and the support and the medication provided in one of our psychiatry units, uh, the uh, risk decreases uh, over time, and it generally our our average length of stay uh, in the hospital now is uh, somewhere between five and, and seven days. Uh, in the past, uh, these uh, hospitalizations were much longer, but because of uh, better uh, medication, uh, better uh, treatment programming, uh, better facilities, to be, to be quite honest, uh, um, we are able to be um, more effective in our treatments and uh, have patients improve to the point that they no longer require hospitalization and can move on to the next level of care. So tell us, Dr. Casper, what happens after an inpatient stay? What services are then available as their next step? Yeah, it's a great question. One of the most important things in medicine in general, but uh, especially for psychiatry, is what we call transitions of care. So when patients have improved, uh, after treatment at a more intensive level of care, we need to make sure that they have continued support and treatment uh, after uh, that, uh, in, in this particular case, discharge from the hospital. So SUMA offers uh, a number of programs, including a partial hospital program and several intensive outpatient programs specific to different needs that patients may present with. Now, tell us about the, these programs. What do they actually uh, uh, require the patient to do? Our partial hospital program is a all-day program. It uh, is five days a week, generally lasts anywhere from one to two weeks, um, again, Monday through Friday. Uh, there's a morning session, uh, patients have lunch, and then an afternoon session. Partial hospital is particularly helpful for patients after they have been discharged from an inpatient stay, uh, continues to provide support. Uh, there's a psychiatrist uh, available to see the patients daily if that's what is necessary. Uh, I'm actually that, that psychiatrist. I'm the medical director for our partial hospital intensive outpatient programs. Uh, and it provides specific types of therapies that are helpful while patients transition, again, from the hospital back uh, to family, work, uh, school, um, back to their lives. No, the, go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, and it, just, to, just to distinguish that, uh, the partial hospital program from our intensive outpatient programs, our intensive outpatient programs are half-day programs they're three days a week. The sessions are usually around three hours long. We offer morning, afternoon, and at some of our uh, satellite offices an evening program. Uh, lots of flexibility so that if patients would like to continue working or would like to continue with school 
or just being involved with with family uh, uh, and 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 life in general, uh, they can choose a an intensive outpatient program schedule that works best for them. And we have intensive outpatient programs that specialize in behavioral health, in chemical dependency, and also in traumatic stress. Now, what kind of symptoms and, and behaviors can uh, lead you to recommend a partial hospitalization program? M- many of our patients are referred from their outpatient mental health provider. Uh, during the course of their treatment, they may see an increase in symptoms that are interfering with their patient's ability to uh, do their activities of daily living, and again, including work and, and school and, and the other things that, that, that they would like to do. Um, they're concerned, these, the treatment providers are concerned that without a more intensive level of care and treatment, they may end up needing to be hospitalized uh, at, at some point. So this partial hospital program is a space between uh, the uh, outpatient office where patients are seen anywhere from weekly to monthly uh, to a program where patients are uh, uh, seen daily for treatment. Um, and it's an, it, it is with the intention of providing more support and more intensive treatment to, again, stabilize symptoms and return the patient back to their outpatient uh, uh, treatment provider. So patients with an increase in psychiatric symptoms, concern about potential risk developing are, are referred to our, our program. They're also referred to our program from our emergency rooms uh, where they may present in crisis and are uh, determined to be in need of an increased level of care other than being followed uh, in an office uh, setting. And our Partial hospital program is also extremely helpful, as I mentioned a little earlier, for our patients who are discharging after an inpatient stay. We can be more comfortable with the patient safely discharging uh, to a partial hospital program because we know that they'll have that uh, attention from uh, psychiatry, from the therapist, and we also have a a full-time nurse uh, associated with our program. Now, how can uh, programs like these, how can they prevent more severe symptoms or relapse uh, to what the the patient was suffering from? Well, one of the ways is by a, uh, we do a thorough psychiatric evaluation. Uh, We uh, make uh, a diagnosis. Uh, Based on that diagnosis, certain medications are uh, helpful. So we can start those medications in the program. And similar to the inpatient stay, we can monitor patients' response to medication, uh, seeing whether the particular medication we choose is is a benefit. Uh, Initially, there may be some side effects that would cause some concern uh, for the patients. We can uh, readily address those and be available to provide support and reassurance. And with that, uh, that treatment, the symptoms begin to remit that's in addition to the group therapy uh, that they receive uh, for uh, essentially six hours out of out of the day, um, and they're in during that programming they learn uh, different skills uh, to help manage their stress. 
They learn about their, their particular psychiatric condition. They learn about the medications that are prescribed. Uh, all of this information is critical. The more patients are aware of uh, what their, the, the particular diagnosis of, uh, means in regards to symptoms and uh, kind of signs and, and, and indications of exacerbation, uh, the better that they will do on down the road. Now, the inpatient, the intensive and outpatient program also includes a weekly family program. What is that uh, involving, and why would that be important for the patient and the family? Well, it's an it's an excellent question. You know, when when we treat our patients, we're actually not just treating the patient, but we're treating their whole um, microcosm, so to speak. So their family uh, becomes very important. Their friends become very important. Uh, uh, educating family and friends to the extent that patients are comfortable with, you know, the uh, family and friends being involved is, is very important because family is, is a, a, a source of support. And a lot of what is being experienced by our patients may be the first time that they've been through anything similar, and that would include their families. Uh, so being as educated and, and informed as possible is critical. And so we welcome uh, uh, family involvement, uh, and we, you know, actually it's helpful for us too because uh, patients often will not be able to tell us whether they are actually doing better or not. But family and friends can definitely provide that collateral information, and, and that that's important in regards to any uh, need to change treatment plan, whether that be medication or any of the, the other treatment programs that we're providing. We're talking today with Dr. John Casper. He is the Vice Chair of Psychiatry and Director of Outpatient Psychiatry at the Summa Health Behavioral Health Institute, specializing in outpatient psychiatry programs for behavioral health. Uh, now, the uh, inpatient mental health treatment, partial hospitalization programs for behavioral health, they're all perceived as a pretty intensive and extreme, and unfortunately, they often come with a lot of stigma still in society today. What would you like the people to understand about this type of treatment? I, I agree with uh, the, the assessment of the stigma being attached to psychiatric disorders. Fortunately, um, I've been doing this for about 30 years now, and I've watched that change significantly over time. Uh, I think uh, we're learning more about uh, uh, psychiatric disorders. Uh, it's becoming more uh, uh, freely discussed in the media. Um, obviously, you know, programs like this are, are important uh, in getting uh, information out about uh, uh, mental health in, in general. Um, I think it, it became uh, a significant uh, uh, topic of discussion over the last three years with the pandemic. Um, and I and I know that um, in, at all different levels, uh, whether it be in the work environment, in the school environment, uh, uh, mental health and uh, essentially well-being uh, has become uh, very important. And we realize that our mental health uh, inter inter interacts and uh, contributes to our physical health and vice versa. So all of those things I, 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 I feel have, have helped decrease the stigma associated with 
psychiatric uh, diagnoses and psychiatric treatment. And that education that I mentioned earlier that we provide in our programs, uh, both to the patients themselves and to families, uh, we hope that that will continue to destigmatize uh, psychiatric disorders, which are which are um, uh, medical, uh, biological um, uh, conditions that do respond quite well to treatment. I think there's been some uh, thought that that change is not possible, but that's absolutely not true. We we uh, we can we treat we effectively treat and and patients uh, respond well and 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 then can go on with their with their lives knowing that they have that ongoing support provided now by uh, either uh, a a psychiatrist a a, a therapist uh, uh, or the combination of both of those does it help when uh, celebrities and other people of note come forward and uh, talk about their wrestling with these types of problems to uh, kind of beat these stigmas down? Uh, excellent point. And, 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 and as, as I, as I said, the, 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 the media, uh, uh, people who are uh, stars, both athletes, uh, movie, uh, television, uh, those out in the public eye who uh, speak out about their own uh, struggles and their successes um, with uh, mental health issues uh, goes uh, goes a very long way to to decreasing stigma and encouraging uh, others to seek treatment. Now, there's a lot of commitment to time and a lot of uh, uh, again uh, uh, frequent uh, individuals have uh, individuals have to have frequent uh, encounters with these programs. So, are they an option for folks who are still wishing to continue to work or for Folks who are going to school. Uh, yes, so we we do want to make sure that patients have time to uh, participate in our treatment programs, so that they can get better and again be successful back at school, back at work, back in in at home with with their families. So, for example, for our partial hospital programs. Uh, they are all day. Um, they are one to two weeks in, in, in length usually. So we will support our patients by filling out whatever necessary uh, family medical leave uh, forms or short-term disability forms, whatever is required by their employer to allow them to have the time available without the stress of, of either going to work or knowing that they uh, have the ability to be away from work so that they can uh, be as uh, involved in their treatment and not have that added stress. So we do support them in that way. And then, as I mentioned, our intensive outpatient programs, because they're half day and we have morning, afternoon, and evening options, um, they, patients can at times uh, still continue even maybe at a, at a, at a reduced level to participate in work uh, and or school. Uh, so it just depends on what what the patient is comfortable with doing and we, we, we will support them in any way we can uh, if they want to if they want to continue while in treatment um, uh, in school or, or work or we will help them have that time available to them so they can focus on uh, their treatment and their recovery. 
So once uh, someone completes an intensive outpatient program or a partial hospitalization, what types of ongoing care and treatment do they have available to them? So many of, many of our patients are referred from uh, outpatient uh, behavioral health providers. So they would return to their individual uh, therapists, to their psychiatrists, uh, to, uh, to both. Uh, and we make sure that those, again, another transition of care. So we make sure that they're ready to, to go um, to that ne- uh, next level of care, uh, make sure we have the follow-up appointments in place for them. Uh, there are patients who come to our programs, and we are the first. We are the the, the front door for um, uh, behavioral health treatment. We're the first uh, behavioral health professionals that patients interact with. So we assess their needs during the programming, and if they are wanting to participate in, uh, and uh, uh, we feel it would be helpful for them to have individual psychotherapy. We make those referrals, and if we've started psychiatric medications, um, especially some of the more uh, complicated psychiatric medications, then we make sure that we have ongoing psychiatric care scheduled for them as well, and that could be with a psychiatrist, or we also have uh, uh, advanced practice providers who specialize in in psychiatry uh, that work within our our SUMA Health Medical Group Behavioral Health uh, Outpatient Practice. Now, with the increased awareness of, of, uh, of mental health issues, there is also a growing demand for mental health services. Now, Dr. Casper, can you talk about where you are seeing increased demand for mental health support? Yes, another excellent question. Um, I, I, I know that we have need in uh, kind of uh, all across the, the lifespan, but particularly one of the areas that I see uh, an increased need for uh, mental health services is actually in uh, those young adults who are transitioning from uh, you know adolescence into young adulthood and whether that's simply going out into the, the job market or going off to college, uh, that change at times is very stressful and uh, can result in, in if someone is already in treatment for some type of uh, mental health uh, uh, condition, uh, an increase in symptoms at that time, or sometimes that's the first first uh, episode of a, a psychiatric uh, disorder. So a lot of the uh, bigger universities uh, realize this and have incorporated uh, uh, mental health services uh, into their student uh, uh, health clinics uh, specifically to address that that need. And then an, another population that uh, patient population uh, and demographic that we see increased uh, psychiatric need is our, our older adults. Um, uh, and we have uh, specific uh, treatment at uh, SUMA for our for our geriatric population, uh, and older adults who may be experiencing depression, uh, may be experiencing some of the um, uh, cognitive disorders that uh, we're aware of, uh, d- different dementias. Um, so, so those those areas we're seeing uh, increased uh, uh, demand, uh, uh, as well as our as well as our um, chemical dependency 
patients who, uh, again, uh, are presenting more and more for, for, for treatment, and we have, we have programs that are helpful for them as well. You mentioned earlier, Dr. Casper, the, uh, the pandemic and the, uh, the effects the pandemic has had on increasing the uh, need for, for mental health services for, for many reasons, not just for people who suffered from the disease itself, but just for the entire experience, the entire three years of living in a you know, uh, very, very stressful time. What are some of the most uh, uh, common problems that people have had in dealing with the uh, pandemic? Well, I think, I think a, a number of patients have experienced a significant increase in anxiety, and uh, anxiety is a part of, you know, the human condition, but in the extreme can be very uh, uh, debilitating and can interfere with uh, family, with school, with, with, with work, and the pandemic with the, you know, concerns about your your physical health uh, because of uh, COVID-19, but also, you know, the fact that people were isolated and a lot of the, the supports that were available to them were, for a period of time, taken away. Um, the ability to go to school, uh, in, live in classroom, to uh, engage in uh, the work environment, uh, you know, we transitioned to remote work um, and uh, also being isolated from family, depending on, you know, the age of, of a particular uh, individual. Uh, someone may have felt that someone would be at risk if, you, if, they, if they were visiting because of concerns about, you know, the virus and, 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 and all of that. So there was, there's a lot of so, social isolation. And as a result of that, you know, depression and anxiety both, I think, increased significantly over, over the last three years. Now, the services we talked about, the essential mental health services, are all available now at Summa Health. They have a brand new family behavioral health pavilion. So, Dr. Casper, tell us about your new building and the other services available. Uh, yes, the, uh, the Juvie Family Behavioral Health Pavilion. Um, we're very grateful to uh, Sharon and Rick Juvie for their uh, kind gift that has supported our, our brand-new seven-story uh, Behavioral Health Pavilion. As I mentioned earlier, um, we are now on uh, the Akron City campus. Uh, the Summa Health uh, Akron City uh, Hospital campus. Uh, our service had, had previously been at Summa St. Thomas Hospital, uh, had been there for many, many years. Um, and uh, that uh, building became uh, somewhat of a challenge um, as it was getting older and older. Um, so uh, Summa Health and the board committed to uh, building the, the new behavioral health pavilion, and it was completed uh, in December, and we moved all of our services there uh, in January. So it includes um, four inpatient psychiatry units. Uh, the fourth floor is our geropsych unit for older adults. Um, the, our, our fifth floor is for uh, more acute, uh, more symptomatic uh, uh, patients, um, our sixth floor is actually what we call a dual diagnosis unit. 
So for those patients suffering from co-occurring psychiatric disorders and substance use disorders. And then our seventh floor is a, uh, a, a, a unit where folks with um, uh, depression, anxiety, um, panic, um, uh, those, those conditions that are obviously very, still very debilitating, but uh, present a, a lower risk at times, that, that's our seventh floor. Um, we have a, uh, all of our uh, outpatient services are on our second floor. That includes the Sumo Health Medical Group uh, outpatient practice and our traumatic uh, stress center. Uh, and on the ground floor is the Heritage Center, which it was constructed to honor the legacy of St. Thomas Hospital uh, and uh, uh, Sister Ignatia and Dr. Bob and Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, and right outside the, 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 uh, the Heritage Center is our Serenity Garden. And uh, the important thing that I think people also need to realize is that there's a ground floor and a second floor. There's no first floor. We have a, a vaulted um, ground floor. And that's so we can connect to Akron City Hospital by a walking bridge on the second floor. And that's very symbolic because we want to make sure that everyone knows that the uh, mental health services uh, are integrated into all of the care that is, that is provided at Akron City Hospital. Um, and so that bridge is a, is a nice uh, physical reminder of that connection. Uh, uh, so we're very pleased to be in the new building. I love my new office. Um, my patients love uh, the space and we look forward to treating uh, patients there for many, many years. Excellent. To learn more about Summa Health Mental Health Services, you can visit sumahealth.org forward slash mental health or call 330-379-8190. 330-379-8190. Dr. John Casper, Vice Chair of Psychiatry and Director of Outpatient Psychiatry at Summa Health Behavioral Health Institute. Thank you for being with us here on WNIR Kent Akron. And uh, again, continued good luck in your very, very wonderful work. Thank you, sir. I'm Bob Lewis.